still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and I am joined just seven days away from the resumption of the Aviva Premiership season by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, great to be back. Yeah, and so close now, G. You know, it only, only feels like yesterday that we were recording our, our podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, you think back at that point, they're only entering sort of that that sort of phase mm. two um, of the training, only getting back into, I guess, non-social distancing rugby training. And now, you know, we've got a full uh, fixture list ahead of us, albeit squeezed into only a couple of months. Um, and yeah, the resumption of rugby uh, feels like life is uh, finally, I think, um, getting back to normal. It feels like the final piece in the puzzle, I think. Yeah, I think we maybe um, got excited a little bit prematurely on last the podcast we recorded about a month ago, which was our kind of COVID update podcast, which um, kind of broke down the, the squad update and, and various other pieces of news that had come out of, of Bath in the interim. Um, but I think that we were kind of seeing it. We we kind of recorded it almost as though the rugby was starting in the next few days. But looking back, it was about 40 days. So I think we slightly too um, premature on that one. But this one, you know, we are nearly there. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's so good to have rugby back with so many other sports kind of back now at this point. Football been back for a while, cricket back, you know, horse racing being back for a while, F1's back. So yeah, all of these sports are back and rugby you know, for, 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 for probably obvious reasons, given the, the close proximity of, of, of you know, the, the nature of the game, it's, it's been slightly behind the eight, not behind the eight, but behind the curve um, with, with return. But yeah, can't wait to have it back. And, and then, you know, we can really settle into some, some, some proper weekends of watching, you know, a really proper sport. Yeah, I, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because um, I, I guess there are two sides to that coin. Obviously, you are more... Um, I guess likely to come into close contact and pass on the virus than you are in, say, football, but not a whole, you know, mm. not a whole lot more likely. But on the other side of that, you know, it means that they are having to squeeze these remaining nine games into a very, very tight schedule, mm. which, you know, ultimately puts probably longer term um, risk on the players and their, um, you know, physically um, with with these games. I think it's a bit of a strange one. I, I am I am surprised and I think a little bit disappointed that it's it's followed so long after football. Yeah. You know, the, football's been back for weeks and weeks. We've had the um you know the Premier League's finished um and rugby still um uh, still hasn't started in this country which which seems seems quite late to but me. Do you think that given the nature of rugby and, and kind of the build-up that needs to happen from going from a period of completely no rugby for these players to then full-on rugby, they need to have a kind of two-month window where they build up their, their kind of physical fitness, physical strength. Whereas football, you can almost kind of go into to, to football games, you know, kind of cold. And those first premiership, premier premiership football games were, were kind of like pre-season games but but with rugby you can't really afford to have that given the the risks with injury that, that come about that and therefore it's delayed because of the the extended preparation time that is needed for for a sport like rugby do you not buy that possibly i mean it, it's all a balancing act isn't it it's it's not an ideal situation um and uh, i think everyone's aware of that i think you know your point you're making i think it is the same for everyone so i don't necessarily um, you know, it's not like one team would be going in completely cold and, and the other team are fully fit, you know, physically and, and ready to go. Um, it almost, I think, and I think it will feel like pre-season games a little bit at the start. You know, no crowds, mm. um, uh, you know, the players probably um, struggling a bit fitness-wise and skill-wise. Um, obviously, we've got really good weather, uh, as, as we record, going into the weekend, but that may well not continue going into later in the summer and into autumn. Um, and I think if we do get, you know, some wet conditions um, in, in the Premiership games over the next few weeks, I think we could see um, a fairly sloppy um, standard. Not um, the wreck, mate. Well, exactly. We'll, we'll come <laughs> on to that. But um, uh, we could see a fairly sloppy standard. Obviously, that's not what you want from, you know, uh, uh, attracting new fans' point of view. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think that's the point. I think 
it, it does see it does seem slightly late. I, c- I can understand why they've done it. Obviously, they are um, you know far more informed than than we are on the risks really? and uh, um, and everything like that for for the players and from a from a uh, from a COVID perspective as well. Um, but anyway, it's back next week, and uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah, let, let's focus on the positives as we always like to do here on the Bath Rugby Plug. And if it is your first time listening to us, then great to have you along for the roller coaster ride that is being a Bath fan along with us. Um, if you are new, go back and listen to all of our other all of our other podcasts, the one that we've done um, this this kind of COVID break, and also the ones from previous seasons. Hit subscribe, and every single podcast will be delivered to you. Follow us on twitter on instagram on on and on facebook where you'll keep up to date with all things blue black and white in between the podcasts we put out and rate and 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 review us on itunes if you can and if you are enjoying it and if you've been with us from the start joined at any point then please do rate and review and get in touch with us most importantly with all of your thoughts on on all things bath rugby yeah and i think the other point to make g is if you've really turned off from from rugby and, and taken a break from it over the you know the months and months that we've have had over lockdown i think the point i'd make is um as a bath fan going into you know this remaining half of the season really these these last nine games you know, the bath squad is looking quite significantly different and to be clear the changes that um that have been made um so we, we, you know 16 players out three players in um, they are now made for the rest of the season. So from from next weekend against London Irish for the remainder of the season. So if you're a Bath rugby fan and you're you know you're planning to watch the watch the London Irish game and and try and get back into the rest of the season, you know scroll down in the feed and uh, listen to the the podcast we recorded uh, three or four weeks ago. Um, and yeah, we break down all those those changes so you can um, hit the ground running, um, know who everybody is. Um, and and kind of be ready to um, to, to support the boys. Yeah, and, and if you are, you know, you mentioned new fans, Tom. And if there are any new fans to rugby, and you're trying to pinpoint a uh, a team to support, then we're going to try and spend the next sort of half an hour, forty minutes, convincing you that Bath um, are going to have a fantastic end to the season, and and we are the team yeah. for you. And I, I think you won't, have your, you won't have your nerves or fingernails intact by the end of the season. Well, but, I think by um, the end of the season, yeah. But um, yeah, welcome along for the ride, and and and. Let Let's get into it, Tom. I think on this podcast, we're going to kind of give a mini preview ahead of the, the mini season that we've got upcoming, the remaining nine, hopefully 11 games left in Bath season, <laughs> um, and and maybe throw a few predictions out uh, at the end of the podcast, you know, review the squad, have we got any injuries, um, and kind of what's the situation there. But first of all, I think it's important that, to kind of talk about the biggest piece of news since we last recorded and that is of course the the release of the fixture list the release of the nine games left uh, in the premiership regular season and as you say Tom it's an absolutely hectic schedule so why don't I kind of run down it and I'll break it down in in kind of I guess two blocks so we, we start with uh, the game on Saturday the 15th at home against London Irish then a week later Saturday the 22nd away to the arch rival Leicester Tigers then in a premiership first we have a midweek game on Wednesday the 26th of August away at Northampton Saints followed up by a game on the bank holiday Monday uh, on the 31st of August at home against Wasps um Shall I just? I'll read them all off, and then we can kind of review them as a whole, I guess. So, following the game on Monday, we then back up again away at Quinns on Saturday, the fifth of September. Uh, so, only the, the the five or four day break there. Then we go Worcester at home in another midweek game on the eighth of September. So, only four day break again. That's at quarter to eight at home, as I said. Then we go against Sun on on the the following Sunday, the thirteenth, away at Sale. And then we have a game on the weekend of, of the 20, 20th of uh, September to be confirmed, uh, the exact day of that. And finally finishing off uh, on Sunday, the 4th of October, away at Saracens. So two midweek games kind of crunched into that. And, and, and in the period of, of under a month between the London Irish game and the Sale game on Sunday, the 13th of September, we play seven games, Tom, in in under a month so as you said a completely um manic schedule and 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 just something completely unprecedented for rugby where it always was believed that you can't play 
two games, kind of three games in a week, who can't play a midweek game due to the strains and stresses it puts on the body so I guess a, a deep squad and squad rotation is going to be absolutely pivotal yeah the, the, there are so many elements to this because as you say it is something you know it's completely novel and and we've never um, seen this and, and teams have never had to you know step up and and, and take on these kind of challenges um, the you know having three games on a Saturday to, to Wednesday basis um, so we've got the Saturday to Wednesday between Leicester and Northampton, as you said, and then we've got an absolutely brutal three-game turnaround at the start of September, um, a Saturday away game at Quinns, um, home to Worcester on the Wednesday, and then away at Sale. So we're going to have to go up mm. north as well. So that normally means travel up, obviously, on the Saturday. So it almost shortens that turnaround again yeah. by another day. That That is absolutely brutal. And, and, and I can't even imagine... Um, uh, you know the strain that 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 puts on 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 the players' bodies playing at, at that kind of intensity and that level. And after the layoffs that that they've they've all had, you know, it kind of takes you back to our younger rugby days when <laughs> you'd go on you go on tour for a week um, or whatever, and you'd pe- you'd play you know four or five games or whatever. Um, and obviously you'd have you know more players going along with you, but it, it almost it always felt kind of. Um, pretty taxing compared just to the you know the Sunday to Sunday fixtures, which I think we 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 all got we all got um, we all got fairly used to. So yeah, it's it's going to be really tough physically. Um, I think obviously the the um, there's been a lot of talk about player welfare from some pretty high profile guys, believe Napola for example. Um, and you know this fixture list was only released yesterday, to be clear. So I think there's more to come in terms of reaction from players and um, and and kind of coaches um alike um but yeah it, it's gonna be brutal and, and and the like you say g the the squad management point is going to be so so key and when you think the 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 bath squad as a result of the the transfers that i've mentioned has now fallen in number from from 53 to 40 players um so that's not even enough to to make two teams with with your bench as well plus a couple of injuries that we think are still lingering, as I mentioned, it's it's extremely um, tight, and there's really not much room for for players to start start getting injured before we need to, um, you know, dip into the academy. Yeah, I, I think for the the particularly the forwards playing two games in in sort of four days or five days is just not manageable, and so they're going to have to play two teams, and it's going to be like the Lions tour where you have a uh, a Saturday team and a midweek team, and you mix, it's you mix veg. Yeah, it's not going to be sort of a, a second team and a first team necessarily because there are games in the midweek where we will target with our our inverted commas first team. They may sort of mix it up and try and find a a, a best of both worlds with both teams and play a, a midweek team and a Saturday team because you cannot expect the front row guys to to turn out four or five days later. So you're going to rely on 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 a big squad, and that's you know as you point out Tom we were surprised with the 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 turnover in players out at Bath in the summer but it's kind of made even more alarming in the fact that we're going to have to play two teams and 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 that's just going to be a fact particularly in the forwards because there's no way that they'll be able to to do that turnaround and if you're yeah you're you're absolutely right and if you're a if you're a front five player I would I would say Mm. um and you I think you could make the argument for for front eight to be honest there's no way that you can perform without putting yourself at risk or without performing kind of below where, where you're able to. There's no way you can do a Wednesday and a, and a Saturday. Um, it's just not possible. And I think, you know, when I had a look at the squad earlier, we, we, we're quite um, sort of um, plentiful in number, I guess, in terms of the, <clears throat> in terms of front row. Um, there's, mm. there's plenty of, plenty of guys there. Um, the second rows, less so really. Um, you know, Yules, Stook, um, uh, McNally, Will Spencer. Um, I guess you could play uh, Tom Ellis there potentially, uh, but but other than that, there's there's kind of not really anyone to to step in. Mike Williams maybe. So there are, there are really four frontline second rowers in the in the mm. team, and we'll, we'll come to this in more detail. G. I mean, I've I've put together kind of like the two teams, the two kind of rotational teams. That I, I I kind of if, if if I was Stuart Hooper, that I would I think I'd look to try and operate with, um, but. You know, the the one thing is just 
wiggle room for injuries as well is yeah. is so low because you, you could easily get into a situation where you have guys out and so you have to put these players in a position where they're playing more than they should be and then obviously you risk them at injury uh, risk, risk risk that they get injured and then you just enter this kind of vicious, vicious circle. circle yeah um, and yeah I'll, I'll put this point to you but I think the other point we'll see is teams being quite tactical uh, and teams targeting games yeah. that they think we'll play our first team in this one um, and then um, uh, we'll play our second team in this one and then you'll get opposition teams looking at, um, at, at the selection <laughs> for, for the other teams and saying, well, how can we time it so that um, we get our first team up against their second team? So it becomes quite strategic in, again, in a way that we, we just haven't seen. Um, so very interesting from a, from a selection point of view because it's not just your best players on the pitch the whole time. Yeah, that, that will be absolutely fascinating. As you say, it'll be almost planning two games in advance as to where you, you kind of want to take your best players and where you want to play your best players. And, and just looking at that sale away game, it's kind of one of those where we saw it a couple of seasons ago when we went away to Saracens and the decision was made to, to mm. you know, play the what would be the, uh, a second team makes it 15 changes from the previous week because we wanted to rest for for the following week and that was in a in a world when we we're playing weekend to weekend this is even more kind of extreme and and, and just kind of pigging back pigging piggybacking off the point you made previously tom um and 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 it was comes off a tweet from chris horn on twitter who got in touch with us uh you know when i asked on Twitter, what our hopes was for the season. And he said, play the kids, Hamer Webb, uh, De Glanville, Redpath and the rest. It's going to be a weird kind of non-season anyway, so let's have some fun. And I think, yeah, play the kids because we absolutely have to play the kids because all those three guys he mentioned there are first team players who are going to have to play a lot of rugby. And and I think it's going to be uh, in, in a certain aspect uh, quite worrying for Bath fans because these guys are so inexperienced, but it's also a great opportunity for us to find out about these kids and really give them experience ahead of the, the following season. And also it's a great opportunity for us to work out for some of the guys like De Glanville and for um, Redpath where their best positions are because they're going to have to play in those positions because we need a second fly half. We need a backup fullback. We're going to need an extra centre. And where these guys slot in and how they perform in those roles is going to be fascinating and also kind of a little bit scary at times for Bath fans, I think. Yeah, and we've spoken about this before. There's there's massive pressure on director rugby be in the premiership to play the big money players so you get an experienced player and you pay more than the young player there is pressure on you to make that investment pay off and money plays generally in the mm. premiership and that's why when we often call for de glanville to play as we've been saying for ages um other guys miles reeds get regular starts um etc etc it, it never really happens and, and they do tend to revert back to experience that now can't happen as mm. you say and these guys are going to get an opportunity. But the other thing I would say is, is that most teams in the Premiership have been at a massive deficit in terms of players going out, um, exceeding players coming in. You know, Bath um, at a deficit of 13. Um, that's absolutely dwarfed by someone like Leicester Tigers, who I think are sort of 20 players or so lighter in their squad. So every team, G, is going to be trying things out um, it seems like kind of a, a lower um, risk season as well to take the risks just mm. because at the end of it there'll always be that caveat um, yeah. uh, given the fact it's not been a, a normal season so um, all bets are off to a certain extent and it's a great opportunity for um, you know the coaches to find out really what the yeah. what the what, uh, what the talent is and, and what their best team is and as you say for for these players to get opportunities because um, they're going to and, and how exciting it is that we're going to see mm. someone like de Glanville in um, getting regular game time um, in a you know which, it, probably in multiple positions um, uh, and and we'll really see what what he's about um, after all the the weight yeah I, and I think this is coming from a, a fan's perspective clearly but this season is is just so exciting because of that reason and the reason you said earlier about the different strategic and tactical elements to this season. But I, I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be a, a, a player for Bath. For probably the first time in my life, I probably wouldn't want to be a player um, for Bath in the upcoming season and particularly the the international guys because, you know, this we're just looking here at the premiership, um, the, the, the re resumption of the premiership season. But so so... 
the following season, the 2020 to 21 season, will finish on June 26th, um, which means requests for from the British and Irish Alliance for extra prep- preparation time were rejected. So this means non-stop rugby from August the 14th in seven days' time to August the 7th, 2021, which would be the third Lions test. And if you're Toby Faletau, Anthony Watson, Sam Underhill, Jonathan Joseph, Ben Spare, Ben, Will Spencer? Ben I think Spencer. Will Spencer will do well. I, mean, I think Ben Spencer will, will do well, but you, I, think, I think you mean Ben Spencer, the scrum half. Yeah, Ben Spencer. That, you know, that is just crazy levels of rugby. And and I, I don't think that... It's got Roy McConaughey as well. Roy McConaughey, of course. It's first yeah. time on the plane. <laughs> so I just think, yeah, it's, it's a crazy schedule and, and these players are going to be put under huge strains. But from a fan's perspective, uh, having had such a... a a dearth of rugby it's just great to have it back and and kind of from for a whole year now our, our weekends are going to be filled with with rugby which it is I yeah can't wait for. it is but i think there's a danger that we we look back in a few you know in, in six months time and say you know these guys careers are um have been truncated or even you know in in the cases of the guys that have had more serious injuries these guys careers mm. are essentially um in tatters um, because of the demands that are, are being put on them. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a rabbit hole to get down for for this particular podcast year. And as I say, I think there'll probably be plenty more to come out in terms of uh, player and, and coach opinion about this this kind of level of um, of of kind of uh, of intensity um, with, with the turnaround. Um, but yeah, as you say, certainly um, exciting from our perspective that it's going to come it's going to come thick and fast, um, and and plenty of players are going to get plenty of action yeah so i think now tom we can kind of dig into maybe a few areas of the schedule which we think are perhaps a little mm. bit lighter and a few areas that are a little bit weaker but um just before we do that i was kind of going through these making a list earlier for for the podcast and i was thinking oh um you know worcester at home on a wednesday night i cannot wait to get tickets for that or you know wasps yeah. at home on bank holiday monday at three o'clock or oh, i can't wait to to finish off my bank holiday with with going to watch that and then i thought oh wait we can't actually go but luckily enough bt sport are showing every single live That's game great, yeah. so yeah plenty of rugby to sink our teeth into even though it won't be the same the roller coaster ride won't be the same from our sofa as it is from the wreck but um you know i don't think we can complain too much about that hopefully it might as well just very quickly it might set a precedent for bt sport you know, there's absolutely no reason why they mm. shouldn't show every game. I know. Um, they're all being filmed for highlights, etc. Um, we don't need the kind of partisan pundits turning up and giving their view. I'm very happy just to have a, um, a commentator and... <laughs> what? We can go. Well, no, I said no partisan <laughs> pundits. Um, we, we, uh, I'm very happy just to have commentary and, and mm. you know, go back to the old red button. Get that on there. I'll choose... Um, to watch Bath for the first hour and then switch off to something uh, something less depressing. Um, but yeah, hopefully um, means that we get, you know, every every Bath game on going forwards. Yeah, and I think actually Rich Knight, um, who does a great job with the Bath Rugby supporters page on Facebook, kind of pointed out to us a, a Daily Mail article which... Uh, suggested that there might be the possibility of a, a, a kind of rugby-only channel on BT or on Sky. You know, on Sky, they've got Sky Sports Premier League, Sky Sports F1, Sky Sports Cricket, Sky Sports um, Golf even. And, and it's something like that where they're showing every game and kind of also mixing up the, the timings of games. So there's not four games on a Saturday at three o'clock when I'm playing rugby. There's games on Saturday evenings, there's games on Friday evenings, there's games on Sunday day, Sunday evenings. And I think that would be something which would be absolutely fantastic. More accessibility, more rugby on the telly is something that, yeah, obviously I would be be extremely excited about. Right, let's dig into these, this schedule, Tom, uh, a little bit. Uh, in a little bit more detail and I think the first thing to point out is that the three home games that we have got are all very very winnable so obviously starting against London Irish in this upcoming Saturday and then we've got Wasps at home and Worcester at home and I think those three games are all three Bath would be favourites in and if we're going to have any chance of of having a reasonably successful end of the season those are three games we need to be taking points from and most importantly and it's something Bath have done so inconsistently over the past year two years is get bonus points from those games because with the six away games we've got we need to be targeting those those three home games uh yeah 
Uh, I think you're right. Um, the, the the only thing I'm thinking is I you know I think home advantage is less of a thing in in the current situation. I mean, I obviously understand that travel and and kind of having a, a familiar environment is is important and is is helpful, particularly when the turnarounds as 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 are they as are they are. However, however, I'm over that. <laughs> um, but I think you know. A lot of the time when Bath have been strong at home, it's felt like the the kind of crowd have carried them a bit. We've spoken a lot about the the sixteenth man or the twenty fourth man, um, uh, kind of helping them over the line. And I, I think obviously without without a crowd there, it's probably going to be, in my view, lesser less of an advantage. G. And then that's why I would say so. Three of only three of the nine games at home, as you say. I think with full crowds, you'd be looking at a pretty difficult run in there. Um, you know, on the road um, against opposing crowds for, um, for 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 six out of, of nine of those games. Um, so I think that you know, there's an element uh, of me that thinks potentially that doesn't make as much of a difference. Um, the other point I'd make, G, is that six of of the nine games are against the six teams that are currently below us in mm. the Premiership. Um, so from that point of view, you know, we the running is 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 slightly easier so i think you mentioned um wasps there who are just ahead of us and northampton saints in fourth so they're two of the games we then got sale who are in second and then the other six games are all the teams below us yeah but who knows what what saracen's <laughs> yeah, team enough. is going to be put out so i think in terms of who we've got um it's it's a pretty tasty run-in and i think it could be um, a lot worse in terms of the home away point um, if there were there were crowds filling up the stands. I I think I disagree actually, Tom. I think that the home advantage is still going to have a, a big impact in this because of it's, the, big, it's big, but it's not not as big. But I think it's the the fact that there's no crowd is kind of balanced out by the fact that there's so much more travelling and therefore for these away games that the teams have got and we've got there you're going to have a day's fewer rest and that's on top of the less rest than you normally get in a, in a in a premiership season. So I think, yeah, there's no crowds, but the home advantage is, is given a kind of a boost by the fact that you're training just down the road and all the players live just down the road. And so you can train and work up until that point. So I think the home advantage will still have a massive impact, particularly as those are three games where, where we should be winning. And, and kind of the Worcester midweek game, for example, is a midweek game where that becomes a lot more difficult if that's Worcester away. Uh, but you'd still go on the same day. Like it's an, it's an evening game. You'd still it would just be a few hours earlier that you'd that you leave on that game at seven forty five kickoff. What's Worcester? A couple of hours ago, a couple of hours away. Um, I think sail away. You, you're certainly right. That's an extra day, and that's that's tough. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I do think. Well, I do think, I think home advantage will still. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think home advantage will still having an impact. I'm hoping it doesn't have an impact, and these are all like neutral venues because, as you say, Bath have got six away games. But I would be. Uh, I, I I still think the the familiar the familiarity aspect of it has has quite a big impact and, and more of an impact perhaps than than it seems for fans. But I think we'll wait and see. I think certainly when when football restarted in the Bundesliga, for example, it was remarkable how 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 much there was a lack of a home advantage. Mm. But I think the Premier League football kind of saw it, it, it kind of at a point which it was previously. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens in rugby and, and kind of interesting to see just how much of an impact the crowd actually have. As you say, well, we do talk about the 16th man, but is there actually a 16th man? And, and when the players come out and say the crowd helped us loads, are they just lying to sell more tickets? I think it'll be fascinating to to kind of wait and see what happens with that. Um, Tom, tell us an area where you've highlighted that could be perhaps a little bit more difficult uh, for the blue, black and white. In terms of the, the schedule? Yeah, in terms so, of the schedule. Uh, yeah, I think it's that week I mentioned earlier, G, um, in, at, at the start of start of September there. So um, game on the, the Monday against against Wasps at home. Um, Wasps obviously above us in the table, showing some kind of form. Um, and then the following Saturday, we go into that run, Quinn's away um, on the Saturday, Worcester at home on the Wednesday, and then up to the AJ Bell to play Sale on the the, the Sunday. And for me, that is... Um, you know that's a that's a pretty brutal uh, schedule. Um, you know, Sale probably the 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 form team um, in terms of 
Uh, I think all the teams that that we're coming up against of all those nine um, sitting, I think, up in second in the in the Premiership. So um, to end away mm. at Sale, um, who are always very strong um, away and uh, at home, sorry, and who we've got a pretty uh, shoddy record against, I, I think that's a that's a particularly tough week. Obviously, it's also going into the latter stages of the of the competition. So if we have, as is probably likely, picked up a few injuries at that point, it's really going to test um, the squad depth um, and some of the younger guys. And, you know, you're probably going to see um, some, some academy guys coming onto the bench. Um, but I guess, you know, um, Cam Redpath will obviously be uh, a, f- a fan favourite by that point, so we'll, we'll probably see us home. But yeah, I think I think that that week with those three games um, seems seems uh, kind of as about about as kind of tough as it gets in my view. Yeah, and I, I think strangely enough, the period that I'd highlighted as the most difficult was the game the games immediately after the sale and including the sale game which is those three away games that we finish on with sale away as you say then Gloucester away and then Saracens away and whilst we do have a break um between the a week break between the Gloucester and the Saracens game because that's when the Champions Cup uh, is, is due to have a round I do think that those three away games against three strong teams will be will be very difficult particularly if we have picked up a couple of injuries along the way uh, and we're looking at a depleted squad I think it'll be very difficult to Bath to for Bath to finish strongly um, obviously the Saracens game will be interesting in terms of what team they put out, given that is kind of around the time that the Champions Cup is resuming, but also it is kind of the last hurrah for 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 that Saracens team in the Premiership for a year. So it'll be interesting to see what team they put out and how they kind of approach that one. But I fear that they may just kind of throw everything at that and 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 kind of will finish the season with a bit of a slump. Whereas you know, I think in the last three seasons we've got into the top six with a bonus point win on the on the last day so um that might be the case but but i think that those last three games in particular to me seem seem very very difficult so we're gonna have another win snatched from us by a, a an overpaid uh, saracens team are we yeah i guess so the, well the, they're not paying ben spencer anymore that's so true. <laughs> hopefully they have got themselves under the cap in the covid interim they've not had anything else to do um right great tom uh kind of the last question um, I've got for you is is what sort of impact, if any, do you think the COVID nineteen uh, outbreak will have on this season? Now we've spoken about fans um, and the crowd. Do you think there's kind of any other um, anything else we'll look back on this season and say, oh well, you know, COVID really played a a big role in in that happening or this happening, or do you think that that will be will be um, we're kind of going to go through without without having too much of an effect what's on the a, season. What sort of thing do you mean? I mean, so, so I'm, I mean, I'm thinking kind of we need to you know coaches, players, kind of contracting the virus, for example, anything, anything like that. I think what I, what I was trying to get at is I think there needs to be a very kind of stringent backup plan for almost every single member of the playing squad and the coaching staff. So say Stuart Hooper contracts coronavirus and has to have two weeks. Uh, of of self isolation or, or or Neil Hatley or someone like that, how much of an impact do you think that will have on the squad? Well, I don't, I don't know actually how how it's working. So are they are they going to be in a a bubble kind of just just week to week, or is it just? I think it's just te- temperature checks whenever you come into the facility, really? as far as I know. So so there's you know there's there's a there's a chance that these guys might test positive and and i think yeah. you know it it may be uh, it, you know the virus doesn't unfortunately um chew, pick and choose who who it goes for and i, and I, I think, think it's it's so um it's so hard to predict isn't it it's a it, it's moving so quickly you know in the uk starting to see um cases going up you know we're going to leicester um uh, for the second game of the season they were uh, back in lockdown um mm. with with they had they had a um, you know, a bit of a second wave. So um, it's very hard to predict, G. I think um, the one thing that's going to have to happen, um, Roy McConaughey is going to have to stay more than two metres away from all defenders uh, for the rest of the season. But um, no problems, uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have any problems with that. So, so that should be fine. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, 
Right. Let's go on to London Irish. Yeah, let's go on to London Irish. I, I feel like, you know, as ever with, with us, Tom, we said, oh, it, you know, this, we'll just be a quick one tonight. And um, as we, we, we talk on into the night, um, let, let's get on to, to London Irish. Uh, obviously, Bath's first game on the 15th of August, as I mentioned, against London Irish, who, and I think quite surprisingly, certainly for me, find themselves in eighth place, only two points behind Bath. I think... I mentioned that the, the, the home games are some, some we need to target, and this one in particular. But are they maybe more of a test, Tom, than it looks maybe on paper and given the result we had against them at Christmas? Um, it's so difficult to say, isn't it? I think London Irish did what most teams do when they, um, when they get promoted to the Premiership. They, um, the Championship season finished later, so they bought loads of players from abroad, tried to to fill their squad with um with, with top talent, um, some of which, you know, was was slightly kind of over the hill, and then try and stay up for that one season and establish themselves as a as a as a premiership side. Ultimately, you know, those players really haven't had much of an opportunity to to play together. Um, I'd also imagine that the guys they they brought in from from abroad. So thinking of guys like um, Adam Adam Coleman, uh, Paddy Jackson, um, Sean O'Brien, uh, you know some some fairly Sakopi Kepu, Kepu exactly. Mm. Um, so some fairly kind of big names they brought in. I imagine those guys have have kind of gone back to their um, respective countries during during lockdown when when they're able to. Um, so, you know, whether or not they've kind of um, been in full contact with the squad, um, I think it, it will be quite difficult for them to them to come back because ultimately a lot of them won't have much experience at all um, in the bank in terms of playing together. So, yeah, I, I think they're a bit of an unknown quantity in that they've always got that star quality. Sean O'Brien, um, you know, for example, might make his second appearance for London Irish. Right, for um, uh, in um, uh, at the game next Saturday, so um, yeah, I, I think there's always a danger with London Irish. Apologies for that. There's always a danger with them with those players that I mentioned. But I think as we showed in in December, if you can put together uh, a kind of cohesive uh, performance against them, um, you find that I think structurally they're they're found wanting, particularly in defence. Uh, you know, for Bath to score five tries um, in the first half, as we did back in back in December, um, and at that point, obviously a bit of a try-scoring drought as well, um, I think shows that potentially a little bit, little bit turnstile in 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 defence. And I'm not quite sure um, how that would have changed over lockdown. Well, I'll tell you one big way it may have changed oh, is the no. the addition of, of Super Tom Homer, who we discussed on our on our previous podcast about how big a, a loss he may turn out to be, um, and we may get a good idea of how big a loss he may be. And our first game back, I think, oh. you know, the news obviously came through that he'd re-signed for for. London Irish, the club that he began his career with, uh, and the Tom Homer revenge game, where you say they're an unknown quantity. They're not an unknown quantity at fullback. Don't kick recklessly Reese Priestland to Tom Homer. Um, but yeah. It's strange as well to see a player go um, go that way down the... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, very, very strange. Um, usually sort of um, westbound only on the, on the M4 for London Irish uh, players. But um, yeah, really, uh, you know, Bittersweet, really, because I'm, I'm really happy that he's got a premiership gig because we spoke about it. We didn't really know what the next steps were for him. Um, he's absolutely quality. Uh, I think all London Irish fans obviously know that as well. Um, so love to see him get a couple of tries, I think, against against the blue, <laughs> black and white. But, um, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll score sort of five or six back. Yeah, and I, I think probably in that first weekend of fixtures i haven't actually looked at the fixtures that closely yet but i think there probably will be one maybe two results that you don't see coming just because of the nature of everything that's happened over the the past few months you know a team may be caught cold against a team that kind of just clicks on the day and i just hope that isn't against bath for london irish but I'm predicting a big win here, mate. And that may not surprise you, given how optimistic I am. But I think we can really put these guys to the sword. I think the team which we're going to be able to put out, which you're going to tell us in a minute, um, I think is going to be so, so strong. And we saw uh, uh, at Christmas, you know, when in a game where we had 
some star players back. So Jonathan Joseph played and Anthony Watson played. Sam Underhill played. That was a really strong team we put out and we absolutely put them to the sword. They were lackluster on the day, don't get me wrong, and they won't be as bad as that. They can't be as bad as that with the players they're bringing in. But I think on a newly relayed pitch... Um, I mm. think Bath are going to play some free-flowing rugby. We're going to bang in the tries, and we're going to get this, the, the the new season, the truncated season, off to a flying start. I agree. I think um, yes, it's a it's a perfect opportunity. This it, it couldn't actually be be better. The weakest side, I think you'd agree, probably in the league, a side that we we beat comfortably back in December. Um, you know, on a, as you say, a newly laid and new drainage mm. um, as well, G, that was put into the wreck. Ben Shrek's. Spencer, ben, yeah, Ben Spencer will be particularly happy to see that, that Shrek Swamp hopefully will will be no more. Um, and the other thing, G, is that, you know, we've got a full week to recover following mm. this week. So it's basically business as usual in terms of the, the full week to recover before we go to uh, we go to Welford Road. So we don't need to be too tactical at this point of view in terms of which players we play and which don't. Mm. We've got a we've never seen a Bath rugby squad that is so um, free from injury. Mm. Um, and it's so bloody exciting to see these guys um, get back out after all that time. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty comfortable win. And I think um, bonus point um, for sure to get us back um, back on the horse um, and to get um, all those Bath Rugby Cowboys uh, following on. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait for it. Oh, I cannot wait. Seven days is seven days too long for me. I wish it was starting tonight. Also, gee, just talk the wider schedule as well. So mm. I just had a quick look at the timings and they've actually they've staggered the games throughout the day. So you've got Worcester, Gloucester, 12.30. Exeter, on Leicester. Friday? No, on, on the Saturday. Worcester, Gloucester, 12.30. Exeter, Leicester at two. Bath, London Irish at three. And then Bristol Saracens, that's an interesting game, at 4.30. So um, a full day there of, um, of rugby. Um, I'm, playing, I'm praying for rain, otherwise I might be playing cricket, unfortunately. But um, either rain that, or a hamstring injury. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I cannot wait. Um, right, that's that one pretty, um, in no uncertain terms, ticked off, Tom. Let's look at the, the squad. We kind of touched on it a little bit there. Um, and it was great to see on the Bath Rugby Twitter account, uh, them putting out photos of the guys this week, playing an intra-squad friendly, I guess friendly, but I can imagine there was a bit um, bit of needle back and forth between the two teams, pent particularly energy, yeah. with, with pent-up energy and with competition for places mm. at kind of an all-time high, given the, the lack of injuries. Um, I also loved the fact that, you know, they they turned the, the blue shirts yeah. inside out in completely old school fashion. That was great to see. Blues v. Whites. Um, don't, want those, other, don't want those bibs on. You can just scrag yeah. them too easily. The other thing I love to see, and, and I wasn't surprised to see, was Rory McConaughey free from any defenders sliding in in the bottom left-hand corner. Um, business as usual. Social for the, distancing measures. For, for the tick. big man. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it, it, it looked really uh, exciting. But um, in terms of the squad, Tom, have we got everyone fit? I think I tasked you with, with looking at this and maybe creating two teams. So so tell all. Well, I think from, from looking at the photos and um, Bath have been even less uh, transparent about um, who is fit and who is not. Um, I think that the assumption we can make from those photos is that most players are um, are, are sort of back and, and kind of match fit. Um, the guys, G, that, that we spoke about that, that weren't playing in that um, that game was Big Joe Thokonasiga mm-hmm. and the the two Maxes. Um, so Max Wright and Max Clark, which as I'll, as I'll come on to, leaves us leaves us fairly short um, in the midfield department. Shall I, shall I just run through? Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. just to be clear, those three were 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 pictured sat in the stands watching the intra squad friendly, not on the pitch. So they're the three from those photos we can glean weren't fit enough to play we any think, part in that yeah. game. We think so. That that's purely. There's nothing from from the club. That's purely kind of zooming in detective, on photos. Detective work. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I think I mentioned it earlier, and I've, I've I've spoken about it before with with the front rows, um, and you generally see this in a normal season, um, whereby obviously you'll rotate because of the physical demands, even playing week to week as a professional front rower. Um, and I always think it works better um, to stick kind of as a position group, so you'll have kind of a, a first uh, pod and then a second pod. And I think it works better to do that um, as. Uh, kind of a total team where you can um it, it gives you that continuity and consistency that that we've been lacking in the past and it also allows different position groups 
to to get some experience together. Remember that there are a lot of guys who haven't really mm. played together that much um, for for whatever reason. So yeah, I'll, I'll put together a, a team. Gene, I'll just run through it for it quickly. So this is kind of I guess the the first team and kind of probably the team I'd like to see um, come out run out against against London Irish next weekend. So Abano, Dunn, Stewart, um, mm-hmm. and just caveating there, we're not sure about the fitness of, of Cat and Thomas, but assuming that they're relatively newly fit, um, probably, you know, um, uh, they don't quite make the cut. I think that's um, the first choice anyway, isn't it, mate? Uh, You're the former expert. I think, we should, I think we're being short-sighted there because obviously Nathan Cat, in particular a couple of seasons ago was an absolute hero of this podcast um, mm. and, and of that season. So I think we are being, we are being short-sighted, but obviously he won't um, have played... Um, actual, you know, proper um, uh, match intensity rugby for, for quite a long time. So, um, yeah, Barno, Dunn, Stewart, Yules, and Stuk, Underhill, Falatau, and I put Tom Ellis at six. Uh, then going into the backs, uh, Ben Spencer, Reese Priestland, um, and then GR, imagine I disagree, but I put Redpath 12, JJ, Rocco, Watson, and Big Mac, and tries oh, on Big the wing. Mac. So, who's at fullback there? Uh, Watson at fullback. Ah, that's yeah, a yeah. Change of chain. Oh no, club level, club level, <laughs> club level, um, club level. And then I've uh, put together a second team, and this is where we start to get a bit light. G. So Cat Walker, Thomas McNally, and Will Spencer uh, uh, completing the front five. Uh, Mike Williams six, Miles Reed seven, and Zach Mercer at eight. Oh, Zach Mercer not getting your first oh, team. I know, but I just you know who's your other number eight then? Anyway, and then going to the back. So Max Green. Um, uh, Tom de Glanville, I put mm-hmm. as the, the second fly half there. And then we start to get light. So Matavesi um, is the only other fit centre in the squad, apart from the, the two maxes that, that we're suggesting aren't. So um, who would join Matavesi in, in that? Super Max Potentially would be would be Max Ajoma, um, friend of the pod, who'd have to have to have to step up into that position very ably, I imagine, as well. And then again, going into the the back three, um, Gabe Hammerweb. Friend of the pod, Darren Atkins, uh, at fullback. And then we are down on a wing as as well. So um, I've, I've put here in my notes, does Ollie Fox um, <laughs> do the Chris Cook and, uh, and, and go on the wing? Um, he might have to, or even Will Chudley um, might have to. So again, G, getting, getting fairly light there. Mm. And then if you look at the remaining players, so out of the eight players that I haven't mentioned... Um, either through being injured or um, or sort of not getting in those sides, five of those are front rowers. So wow. it just tells you how, you know, so we've got Batty, Schumann, Vaughan, Judge and Doherty completing those five front rowers. And then the only other um, fit players that I can make out is Ollie Fox, Will Chudley and Josh Bayliss. And then the 300 guys. And that is the squad. Very light on kind of outside backs and centres then by the looks of things which I get. I, I, I guess the, the makes the, the Tom Homer decision feel a little mm, bit because yeah. you know Tom Homer fills a gap there hugely versatile um, mm. can play wing or fullback yeah yeah it, it does but I don't think wing is I, I'd rather be that way balanced in that I'd rather have extra in, in the front row than in the back three because they're the positions where the guys are going to struggle to turn around and I think I just don't think you need four hookers in a squad of 40. No, you probably don't need four hookers in a squad of 40. You probably don't need four scrum halves in a squad of 40 either. No, that's a yeah, good mm. point. Um, but yeah, it does but look yeah, a little you're bit You're not going to turn down Ben Spencer, are you? But yeah. No, yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. And and yeah, it's going to rely on 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 lack of injuries for from those outside backs guys, which, which we absolutely need. Um, so you're telling me you didn't see enough in the seven-minute clip of Juan Schumann that you watched to suggest he could be starting in one of those teams? Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't quite make the cut. I mean, you know, um, he'll certainly get this opportunity to, to come off the, the bench. Um, I mean, you look at those other guys, so Will Vaughan um, being a loose head as well as him. Another fellow so, of the podcast. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, you know, pretty... Uh, pretty stacked in that loose department, so um, old Juan Schumann's going to have to um, going to have to to prove his worth as well. I was, I was enjoying his um, his his photograph on the <laughs> Bath Rugby website, so having a look through the squad, <laughs> and he just looks an absolute Hulk, doesn't he? In the <laughs> in the old. Bath Rugby, he is too zoomed in that um, photo. He just like encompasses the whole the little square they've got. It's just all Juan Schumann. There's no like, there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Sound like a three-dimensional, um, <laughs> three-dimensional photo. It's almost been like tilted, um, the bottom forward. So he just looks, he just looks absolutely day. monstrous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, definitely, definitely. What on a CG? 
yeah i think that that that's really good tom i, th- I think highlighting there the the positions where it may be that we're a little bit light and as you say the tom homer decision once again looks looks an interesting one but um you know we don't know the the, the financials involved and we should actually quickly touch on you know a couple of um you know transfer bits so rocco de Guni mm. obviously was was kind of set to go to to france and we've spoken about being kind of um, bit light in the back three um you know he's he's in that he's in that first team we know how good he is um i wouldn't have begrudged him for going because um i think his his potential English aspirations are are over and if he wants to pursue a, a new opportunity um I'd, I'd kind of you know I'd, I'd be behind him on that but we'd be looking very very light um in that that position should those you know that investment for for, for the French club, uh, whose name I can't remember, if, if that hadn't fallen through. Yeah, so I think what, what happened there, Tom, is that there was a rumour, um, to be clear, that the Rocket Uni had been and passed a medical at well, one of the French clubs. I can't, As you said, I can't remember which either. Um, based on the fact they were expecting a significant investment from, I think it was an Abu Dhabi uh, investor, uh, and and that fell through, which meant the the deal for Rocket Uni fell through, and and again all um, allegedly, but uh, it was quite widely speculated on Twitter. So often it, it, it is it is true, yeah. But but nothing more to be said on that. So yeah, glad we've got um, Rocket Uni. Just a bit, you know, we, we're kind of disappearing down a rabbit hole here, Tom. But I did see a a tweet from uh, a guy called Paul Tate, who's a journalist that covers Argentinian rugby very closely. And he said that there is now speculation that um, Emiliano Buffelli, who is the Argentinian fullback, has an offer from Bath. Now, I think this will probably be looking going forward into the 2020-21 season. But a guy with um, international pedigree, a very exciting guy. You think of that Mm. Argentinian back three with, um, with all the guys they had there in the world cup was was electric um he was he was really a, a big part of that so um he was due to to go to racing 92 that was cancelled in july so he's still on the market um, i don't know how much to read into that but that is one bath fans to certainly keep an eye on in a position as we've just highlighted is potentially a little bit weak and the other guy we should mention and talking about that that second row um uh, department looking looking fairly thin um, is Matt Garvey. Um, so oh, yeah. Pleased. Uh, so for those who didn't hear, so he signed a, a deal at, at Gloucester. Um, uh, you know, as much as you don't like to see, uh, you know, oh, you know, your Bath rugby legends, I would say, going across to, to a rival club. Um, again, just overall, just happy to see him get a, a premiership gig and to, you know, hopefully continue to, to play uh, a top, top flight premiership rugby. Hmm. Um, that's a path well trodden as well yeah Gloucester's I was going to say with, and, with Bath with, and Gloucester well Ollie Barkley Matt Banahan uh, mm, Mike Atwood, Tindall Dave Stoke. Atwood yeah oh coming, coming the other way I yeah, guess so yeah so all sorts going either um, way Ollie Barkley toing and throwing Atwood was Bristol wasn't he but um, that was Bristol Gloucester Bath Bristol wasn't he I could could well be. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully hitting, hitting um, all the, the southwest clubs. Hopefully, there's a you know um, a small uh, future Bath rugby coaching cohort um, developing um, at King's Home. Matt Banahan and uh, mm. and Matt Garvey, um, who I believe still both um, kind of live in in Bath. So um, some more detective work uh, from Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very much rooted. Um, uh, uh, the roots still in Bath, and and hopefully will. Um, will return at at some point, Joe. Right, okay. Final thing to do on this podcast, Tom, is to make some lavish predictions like we like to do. Um, and I'm going to set this up from a tweet from Johnny Gale, who got in touch with us uh, to say, personally, I'm not worried about our final position. What I do want to see is Ben Spencer taking control, Reese Priestland managing games well in the back of that, and a second 10 getting identified, ambitious game plan and plays involving the young guns. Basically, optimism for the 2021 season. So would you rather results or performance, Tom? Well, I think it was, it, was it Johnny who, Johnny, who tweeted yeah. that. I think how I'd respond to that is the two things that we've been missing um, have been control at uh, scrum half and uh, well control in both the halfback positions. What Johnny wants. That's that's the reason we haven't been winning games. So Johnny, <laughs> I don't think you need to choose. If you get what you want, <laughs> the results will follow. Mm. Um, it's been 
as I say, what we've been lacking, we're, we're so strong across the board. We've been crying out for a, a scrum half and a fly half to, to take the position and, and make it their own. So I think, Johnny, if you're not worried about results and um, you just want to see a performance, then I salute you because I think there's plenty of Bath rugby fans who see a bad result and automatically um, play, the, play the blame game and, and look past um, the kind of positives that we try and spin on, on this podcast but I also think if we do start to see Ben Spencer um, playing as well as he can in the blue black and white um, hopefully that'll rub off on, on Reese Priestland and, and, and the rest of the team there don't forget we've got Max Green back and raring to go he was so promising when he was playing on, earlier in the season before his injury um, so I, I think um, once those those things start to happen the performances start to come uh, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I think the, the results might follow. So you're saying Johnny's been brainwashed into our optimistic view of Bath Rugby. There's not lots of them around, but hopefully trying to convert some of the cynical ones into optimistic ones. And I think generally on Twitter, Tom, just looking at it, uh, now turning to kind of the results side of the next nine games, uh, and hopefully 11 games, as I say, uh, it's kind of a, a discussion between top six or top four could it be either of those or could it be that we miss out on, on Champions Cup rugby altogether? Where do you see us finishing and, and kind of how do we get there? I, I mean, the predictions we've made on, on the podcast for what the last two and a bit years that, that we've been doing it have generally been pretty far off the mark. <laughs> um, skewed to the positive for sure. But, and that was in normal week-to-week conditions where we knew who we were playing. Um, we, we, we knew um, kind of kind of what to expect really this is completely unknown so it would be um you know it would be it would be pretty uh, uh, ridiculous for me to make a prediction so my predictions are <laughs> uh, no I, I think obviously you want you want to look you want to look up the table we're sick now um we're playing the the six teams below us um which i think is is important um we've got a good opportunity to get off to a, a good start build some confidence london irish and leicester um probably the weakest team in the premiership and then probably the most unsettled team in the premiership to follow um, I think that's a good opportunity. Build some confidence. Get these guys playing together, um, and then who knows? G, mm. um, we could uh, go into that that difficult period towards the end of our season with the the, the tight turnarounds and then the the, the tough opposition um, in a in a pretty good position, building confidence. You know, on the other side of the coin, we could pick up a couple of a couple of key injuries. You know, if if Reece Priestman went down um, against mm. against London Irish, doesn't really well you know, the win would be very much bittersweet because then you're facing some real uncertainty about who's going to fill that position. So there are so many variables. Um, I think overall, you've, you've got to look, um, you've got to look up the table. Um, and I think we're, we're in a position to do that. I think Exeter are fairly clearly the, the top, the top dogs again, um, as much as I hate to say that. Um, and I think second place will probably um, go to Sale, Northampton potentially. Um, but I think third and fourth, Mm. Um, and, and the edges of that 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 playoff uh, are very much up to grabs. You know, people talking about Bristol top four. We're a better side than Bristol. We know. <laughs> Mary's we're, we're, back. We, He's back. We know we're a better side than Bristol. Um, you know. I know. I know. <laughs> and um, I think it will be. I think it will be. It will be uh, brought to bear the the flash in the pan that other bears. Hopefully. So I've done a bit of maths, Tom, which uh, <laughs> which yeah, has taken taken a bit so, of time. Is it long division? Yeah. No, you've got to carry the you've got to carry the two. Um so nine games left, three at home, uh three victories, all with bonus points, uh fifteen points. And then of the remaining three, I think of the remaining six, sorry, I think we can win three, uh getting a bonus point along the way. So thirteen points add them together 28 points added to our current points tally of 30 is 58 points now last year just basing on last year 58 points would have got us third in the table so if we can get into around that 58 points to 60 points maybe picking up a losing bonus point here or there i'm convincing myself that we can get into that top four so um gee the the, the thing you've not thought about is that this season the 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 table is spread like fairly wide um you know when you think there are 108 points between first and 12 <laughs> no yeah you, you're absolutely right <laughs> i'm being trivial saracens are on minus 63 but um yeah get to 58 get third win an away semi-final be extra in the final um and yeah bob's your uncle yeah and by beating the teams just above you as we've got the two just above us and all the teams <laughs> below us you do just put them in your yeah. 
um, in your in your wake a little bit. So anyway. What's the expression, Tom? Hope is free. So uh, we can hope as Bath fans. Um, and yeah, obviously very optimistic view. Uh, and get in touch with us with what your view is, your, your potentially more realistic, more cynical view of the blue, black and white. But having been bereft of rugby for so long i'm in such great spirits about this season that um i'm even predicting a bath third place finish which yeah sounds ridiculous and probably is ridiculous um right tom that just about does it for this podcast thank you very very much for listening um as i said at the start subscribe follow rate review do all those great things to help us out we do this podcast um because of the fans and because we are fans of the club and we want to hear your opinion just as much as you want to hopefully hear our opinion on the blue boys in blue back and white so get in touch with us and we love to to kind of interact with you guys because as i say at the end of the day that is exactly why we're doing this podcast to bring blue black and white fans together um Tom, we said it was a hectic schedule for, for the players. It's a hectic schedule for us as well, mate, with the midweek games thrown into the mix for, for our podcast. So we're certainly going to have to do a little bit of um, scheduling, time planning, and, and, and probably going to be pumping out even more podcasts than we did previously in this upcoming season. So the next time you'll hear from us will be after the London Irish game, uh, back in our usual Monday evening, Tuesday morning spot. Um, so, so after, so what will that be? The the sixteenth or seventeenth of August, following that game, and then we'll be back for good, um, doing probably one, maybe at times two podcasts a week with these midweek games. Um, so, yeah, do subscribe. That's the only way you'll be guaranteed to get every single podcast, every piece of over optimistic analysis into your feeds. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Tom. Thank you so much for joining me Enjoyed for it. another season. Um, I'm absolutely loving it, even though it's half a season. I absolutely cannot wait to get started and as i said we've got a year now of, of of rugby pretty much flat out so so get back into it and as always please stick behind the boys through thick hopefully lots of it and thin hopefully not very much of it